Well, uh, in terms of the provision of the agreement, uh, we would say uh, that the step that was taken yesterday to reconstitute uh, the parliament uh, is a welcome development. Uh, I think uh, I would like your listeners to know that uh, this parliament is being reconstituted almost halfway to the period uh, required for the transition, uh, which means entirely uh, the, the, the country uh, the country has, has been operating uh, without a parliament. So literally by reconstituting the parliament uh, means that South Sudan now has got its full government uh, with all its organs uh, going to be operational. We understand that uh, 332 deputies were chosen by President Kiir and 128 by Rick Machar and 90 others by signatory parties in line with the peace deal. Talk to us about the notable lawmakers. The agreement simply says that uh, the current parliament, uh, which is the, the, the former parliament, uh, which was like having about 400 people, uh, should be reconstituted to about 550. So that brings in uh, a, a literally new faces, uh, despite the fact that a majority of, of the parties or individual parliamentarians that were affiliated uh, to the SPLM in government actually retained uh, their position in the parliament. Uh, but the interesting thing is that uh, we have seen uh, significant new new individuals uh, that are coming in, especially uh, from the side of the SPLM-IO uh, and the OPP, uh, which is other political parties, as well as the uh, South Sudan Opposition uh, Alliance. So uh, our first impression is that, uh, yes, the, this parliament would, would have individuals that may not necessarily uh, be there to speak the same language and, and probably it's not going to be business as usual. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have not seen uh, really uh, too many strong individuals uh, in, in the parliament. I think we have seen uh, people that are just uh, literally appointed, of course, because of their loyalty to the various parties. And we have also seen uh, individuals that are appointed to the parliament uh, simply because they had to replace uh, their dead parents who are, who are in the government or were part in, partly in, the, in parliament. So I think uh, probably while we will have a huge parliament, uh, if we are not so critical and, and the few that are, are so strong uh, rise up to, to really uh, ensure that they do their work, we are likely to have a, a parliament that may not necessarily be, be functioning appropriately to be able to check the executive. Uh, we have also seen the notable uh, that the the current vice president, uh, Dr. James Waniga, has actually been uh, reappointed into the parliament. Uh, we, we don't know exactly why, because uh, uh, he, he, he is the current vice president and therefore we expect him uh, to concentrate in his position. Uh, but uh, obviously people are thinking that maybe his reappointment into the parliament uh, would pave way uh, to him actually competing as a speaker. So uh, these are the notables that, that are there. Of Obviously, we also have to acknowledge that uh, there are few, some few individuals that, that uh, uh, did not appear or did not make their way to the parliament. Uh, we don't know the reason, uh, but obviously these are some uh, individuals that were considered to be uh, very vocal in, in, in the previous parliament. Now, you are saying that uh, the new reconstituted parliament may not be able to hold the executive to account, but uh, by all accounts, uh, the reconstitution of uh, parliament is a significant step, isn't it, uh, towards uh, the implementation of uh, the 2018 peace agreement? It is a, a significant step, 
and it therefore fulfills uh, the requirements that is provided for uh, in the peace agreement, especially bringing in uh, the opposition into the parliament. But I think uh, the effectiveness of the parliament uh, has to be more than just reconstituting a parliament of, of 550 members. I think what we want to see as civil society is that uh, this should be a, a functional parliament uh, that is uh, should be able to rise above uh, their, their, their party loyalty. I think the, 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 the challenge is that uh, some, most of these, if not all, uh, the MPs are actually literally appointed by their parties. And these are not MPs that are uh, uh, directly, say, voted in uh, by their various constituency. I think the, the, the reality is that some of the MPs that have made it to the parliament are not even known uh, to the people that they claim to be representing. And therefore, if they continue to insist and pay loyalty to their parties, then obviously uh, there will just be a rubber stamp parliament. Uh, but this is not the expectation of the people of South Sudan. But we hope that uh, they should be able to realize that uh, right now this country will be transitioning towards elections, and therefore the performance of each of them in the House uh, will, will, will be properly scrutinized, and the citizens that they claim to be representing now through their parties would be very keen to see whether there is relevancy in retaining them through elections. So I think they have the, the opportunity to try to see uh, what they can do, but we believe that uh, at the moment, the influence of the appointing authority is going to be huge in terms of their debates in parliament, in terms of their, the passage of legislation, in terms of decisions that, that are happening. But what is quite important is that uh, I think this should also give an opportunity uh, for South Sudan to have a budget. I think we have been operating for the last one year or so without a budget that has been passed by the parliament. And I think we hope that this time uh, the budget will be, will, will be passed and, and budget that will represent uh, service delivery not budget that is intended to be passed to again uh, continue to, to, to fulfill the interests of the MPs in terms of their welfare.